no standards or criteria for probationary employment no standards or criteria for probationary employment that is our topic for this episode if there is no criteria or standards for regular employment in the probationary employment contract or its annexes or via a succeeding document on or before the start of the engagement of the employee then the employee is actually a regular employee not a probationary employee that is the consequence of failing to provide for standards or criteria for regular employment the legal basis for this one is found in the omnibus rules implementing the labor code not a lot of people are aware of it because the omnibus rules implementing the labor code is not an easy document to find even on the internet what is this omnibus rules that i'm talking about the omnibus rules implementing the labor code is a voluminous book it's a very thick book that provides for the implementing rules and regulations of the labor code this was issued by the Department of Labor and Employment and if I'm not mistaken it's probably during the time of uh, then Dolly secretary Franklin Rilon if I'm not mistaken so the omnibus rules is not usually being circulated or not posted even on the website of the dole however it is still valid and binding why am i saying that because the omnibus rules implementing the labor code has not been repealed modified or amended by succeeding by a succeeding IRR what we have right now are a lot of dollar issuances via department orders labor advisory uh, circulars and the like unless these circulars specifically state that they are repealing modifying or amending the provisions in the omnibus rules implementing the labor code then that is the only time that we can safely say that the provisions in the omnibus rules have already been superseded or have been amended in fact the supreme court when it decides cases involving labor and employment the supreme court cites the omnibus rules or uses the provisions in the omnibus rules because again it is still valid and binding in fact the last time i used the omnibus rules in practice was when a client who was an assistant manager who was dismissed from her employment asked 
for assistance from me in reviewing her employment history and employment records I noticed that her probationary employment contract did not provide for any standards or criteria there were no succeeding documents or notices regarding the standards or criteria she was dismissed or she did not qualify or pass her regular employment that was what was told of her when she was let go so when she filed a complaint a labor complaint before the national labor relations commission or nlrc that's when i already came in i reviewed her documents and noticed the lack of standards or criteria that being the case there was really a very low chance of success on the side of the company because it is very clear that without the standards or criteria the consequence would be is that the probationary employee will be treated or considered as a regular employee from day one from day one now if the employee is a regular employee he or she cannot be dismissed for failure to pass regularization because he or she is already a regular employee to begin with also it is not one of the just causes for termination of employment under the labor code so due to this technicality the company after being advised by their in-house legal counsel asked for a settlement we were able to settle the case i believe in exchange for about eight months of uh, salary uh, of the complainant so it was a good case it was a win-win case and i hope the company uh, would be able to review its probationary employment its practices and documentation in order to learn from that case now why do i cite that case because during the initial hearings the hr uh, was very adamant or was not convinced that the labor law and regulations require that the standards or criteria should be communicated or that these should be made aware of the probationary employee on or before the start of her first day of work she keeps saying that it's not in the labor code that's the problem with many companies or businesses they overly rely on the labor code the labor code is just a very small portion of the entire labor law labor laws are composed of the labor code special laws implementing rules and regulations jurisprudence or supreme court decisions and so many other uh, laws so my point is the labor code is not the end all and be all of labor law so in this case 
the basis was found in the omnibus rules implementing the labor code which the HR uh, was not aware of and I could not and we could not fault her because it is only usually through study or careful study of labor law that the omnibus rules implementing the labor code is discussed as mentioned even Dole does not anymore cite or use the omnibus rules for so long a time I've been scouring the website of Dole and I have not seen the omnibus rules being uploaded or posted even if it's still valid and binding so the HR was very defensive and was not convinced of the uh, provision or the requirement of providing standards or criteria on or before the start of work so when I attended one of those hearings I explained to her that there is such a thing as the omnibus rules implementing the labor code and then I even told her that if they have an in-house lawyer or a counsel or an external law firm a retainer he or she can ask that question uh, to a lawyer so when we attended the next hearing she was now very friendly to us because perhaps her lawyer or their company lawyer was able to fully explain to her that there was indeed a violation on their part regarding probationary employment particularly on not having any standards or criteria being made known to the employee on or before the start of her first day of work so i guess the advice of the their legal counsel was to find a way to settle the case and that's when we started negotiating or uh, finding a way that would be a win-win solution for the complainant and the company so it was settled well the complainant received her certificate of employment her uh, clearance and all other exit documents in exchange of course uh, for a quit claim releasing the company from any and all liabilities resulting from her employment so the standards or criteria may be stated and it is highly recommended to be stated in the probationary employment contract so that it won't be overlooked however it may also come in the form of an annex or attachment to the probationary employment contract or it may be in the form of a separate document given to the employee on or before the start of her work meaning it can be in the job offer it can be a separate document issued by the HR to her so that she will be made known of the standards or criteria for regular employment what are these standards or criteria it's basically the list of what will be assessed of the probationary employee in relation to her qualification or in relation to her passing for regular employment there is no specific list provided by the labor code or any other labor law 
it is basically a management prerogative. What would be the standards for a probationary employee to qualify as a regular employee will depend on what the management would want to evaluate from the employee. For example, the usual standard that I see in probationary employment contract are attendance, performance, teamwork, character, behavior, and um, analogous there too. So it's possible that a company may only have three requirements or 10 standards. In fact, other companies have three or four pages of standards or criteria which they will use to assess a probationary employee whether or not he or she is qualified or suited for regular employment. Again, it is management prerogative. What is important is that the standards or criteria should be made known to the employee on or before the first day of work, meaning the last opportunity for the company to give those standards or criteria is on the first day of work. If that is not given on the first day of work, the employee becomes or automatically changes into a regular employee from day one. Meaning, if the company gives the standards or criteria on day two, on the second day, that is already a violation of the uh, requirement of the omnibus rules implementing the labor code. Meaning, if the probationary employee complains later on that the standards or criteria were not given on or before the first day of work, then he or she may have a claim against the company due to this minor technicality with severe consequences. There are a lot of Supreme Court decisions of the matter verifying this. Um, it is a usual and um, frequently asked question in labor law subjects. That's why it is core to any lawyer that um, the standards or criteria is one of the requirements for probationary employment. Now, the next question in relation to the topic is how or what are the ways for making the standards or criteria for making the employee aware of the standards or criteria of course like any or most of the labor law provisions that could result in liabilities it is always recommended to create the necessary documentation meaning the standards or criteria should be in a document and should be signed or there should be a way to confirm or verify that the employee knew or was made known or the standards or criteria was made known to her on or before the start of her work. That's why it's highly recommended to be included in the probationary employment contract. Of course, that presupposes that the probationary employment contract is signed or executed on or before the start of her work. 
because many companies issue their provisional employment contract days or even weeks after the first day of work. That is a very dangerous practice because the moment that the employee refuses to sign the provisional employment contract, then you have no documentation or basis regarding her provisional employment. When a complaint will be filed, what will be the basis of the company to say that the employee is actually a probationary employee when under the law the basic or the default status of an employee is that of a regular employee i repeat by default an employee is a regular employee unless proven otherwise through documentation that's why going back to the subject matter the standards or criteria should be documented in order to create proof that it was made known to the employee on or before the start of her work. If and when that uh, this scenario happens that the standards or criteria was not made known to the employee and it became the subject matter of a labor complaint, it is highly recommended that the company evaluate carefully its options because this is a matter of technicality. No matter how good your arguments are, at the end of the day, if you don't have any proof through documentation that the complainant was made known of the standards or criteria for regular employment, on or before the start of her work, then the company may be held liable for illegal dismissal. And the consequences include back wages, moral damages, exemplary damages, and attorney's fees, among others. As for the number of times that the evaluation will be conducted, Take note that the Labor Code states that the probationary employee should be informed of her passing the probationary period or failing it on or before the last day of her probation. So your last day of giving an assessment is on the last day of the probationary period. It is a matter of management prerogative if you want to have a monthly review. A review every two months until the end of the probation that is management prerogative it is beneficial to the employee because he or she will be given many opportunities to improve her work as compared to the labor code provision wherein he or she will know her evaluation on the last day so there you can override the labor code provision by having many instances of evaluation so that it will be favorable to the uh, employee. That's it. That's the discussion on standards or criteria in relation to probationary employment. Tony Jake Del Puerto. Thank you for listening to this podcast episode. 
If you have any feedback, feel free to send us an email via info at laborlaw.ph. Disclaimer. All information herein are for general information only. These should not be considered as professional advice or legal opinion. Please consult with a professional for your specific concerns. If comments are made, they are the opinion of the speaker only. These do not reflect any organization that he may be connected or affiliated with.